0: Making technology human. Is the workplace a sustainability issue that not enough people are talking about? This is transformative. Hello, and welcome to Transformative, a Coffee Break podcast about transforming your workplace and making technology feel just a little bit more human. And welcome back to the Home Office. I'm Sam Glover, and interviewing with me, as always, is Kyo Main. But this series is now all about the productivity revolution, breaking down what is required to make a physical and a digital workspace. And in this week, it's all about sustainability. I mean, in the workplace, sustainability can be thrown about time and time again with just different definitions. It can mean your carbon footprint, protecting the planet. It can mean like creating a productive workspace that maximizes efficiency. And it also can mean looking after your workers and worker welfare and making sure everyone is happy in the workplace. Okay. And uh, this week, we're going to dip our toes into all three. We're going to ask, how do you actually design a sustainably productive workspace? And joining us around the table to discuss this again is Craig Griffiths, partner technology strategist at Microsoft, and Matt Hocking, founder and designer at Des- the Leap Design Agency a B B Corp, and better business cheerleader as well. We're returning to that conversation, and it's going to be fantastic. And stick around for the end where you can get an insight from Matt about how you can start your sustainability journey. And don't forget, as always, you can find out more about the productivity revolution over on our website. If you go to boxy.com slash modern work, you can find out more about how Microsoft 365 can optimize your workplace. Well, obviously, let's, let's just get straight to it. Let's rejoin our conversation with Craig and Matt.
1: The topic for, for this episode kind of came around as part of a as a follow up to a, an earlier conversation we had for one of the first episodes in the series, and it was about how people work most productively. And we talked about the fact that through Microsoft we got uh, so many productivity tools and features to kind of help us, uh, you know, make sure that we're on target, we're planning our time effectively, and getting the most from our working day. But then for some reason, I mean, even today, I've got a pad of paper behind me, which I use to make all of my notes uh, for this call, which for some reason, <laughs> actually physically writing it down, just it, for some reason, it kind of it works in my brain um, and it makes it feel like it things kind of stick a bit better. And that kind of led us on to this topic, which is, you know, we've gotten to the point now, I think it's a site where if you have, say, you buy a bottle of Coke or a bottle of water or something from the shop and you drink it and you just throw it in the bin you think about plastic waste, you kind of feel guilty about that. Um, but then at the same time in the workplace, I've got a pad behind me, which I have filled with notes, and I'm going to throw it away when it's full, um, because I, I think it's one that can't really be recycled. And for some reason, I don't feel as guilty about that, even though it's wasteful. So it feels like the modern workplace, we kind of build into this point where modern tools, should be viewed from a kind of sustainability point of view uh, as well as being a productivity one. And so to be honest, we were just really excited to be able to get both of your points of view on here, just to think about that kind of how, yeah, how, uh, how technology plays a role in the modern workplace and, and, uh, and keeping it sustainable. Yeah. Uh, Sam, have I kind of missed anything that we talked about in our first convo?
0: Oh, it's kind of, cause yeah, in, boxy where there's a lot of these kind of conversations happening behind closed doors because we are an aspiring B Corp we want to try and design our redesign the way the way we do tech to be more to be more sustainable for like all people profit and planet and as we're talking about productivity I really wanted to ask you both we'll start with Matt of like how do you create a a workplace that is this trifecta of sustainability
2: Good question. Um, for us, it's interesting because it's just been in our way of doing since the day we, I as a freelancer in my bedroom, thought in 2004 there's a better way to design and do the thing that I do, which is create, mixed with the environment, mixed with what clients need. In our case, websites, print brochures, brands, PowerPoint presentations, whatever you can think of. And mm-hmm. um, and for me, the way my brain works was, all right, so that's energy. So let's let's tackle energy first. Um, and then if it's in print, let's tackle print. So you, you know, Kai, you were talking about a notepad and things like that. I, I love a good notepad. I've got three different eco notepads. But I buy them, one, because they're eco. Two, I still like the act of creation. And although I love digital tools, my life is based around digital tools, I like going from a sketchbook, you know, first doodling, <laughs> and then using digital tools to make these things happen. And I also like being able to look back. So it's very rare that I throw a notebook away because there's a history and legacy. And one day I might need that. Just the same as digital tools. When I use my iPhone and I'm taking notes, I've still got all that track and things. But as to creating a, a sustainable workspace, it, is a, it I would say that's a forever improving cycle that is a mix between a static space, a remote space, the tools we use. Because sustainability for me isn't just a place it is people and the place coming together and you have talked to me before so i'll yeah. go on and on and on about this and so it <laughs> might be worth opening it up kind of thing but we've got to always look at well-being as a huge factor and our, our natural capital meets our social capital and then the thing that we do in the world to to bring us profit to bring us
0: money to do more things so in creating like a so creating us like a, a like a productivity like when designing productivity first like and create and um, well-being is the more more of a priority in building that that well at that workplace i wouldn't say it's more of a
2: priority i think for me it's, it's this triple bottom line space people planet and profit to put it you know into its basic pillars mm. and you know ultimately there's various stats that are bandied around like you know 70 percent of the world's paper in some way goes, passes through the hand of a designer. 80% of environmental impact is decided at the design stage. You know, we're approaching 10% of the world's energy footprint is derived from the internet, you know, let alone the carbon footprint of using these tools. But at the same time, there's brilliant ways we can re-look at them by, you know, switching our energy and working out when and how to use them to be efficient for what we need them as a tool and what we need them for us as individuals and people so i, I would say it's all of it at once and sometimes one bit will take a priority over the other because mm. you might not have the money available to to take on all the say the microsoft tools you want to do but you can have a goal and a plan to get there and sustainably there's checking in with your people about are they truly
0: working for you and things as well yeah As you mentioned, Microsoft. I want to just chat to chat to Craig and ask him, like, with because Microsoft are the well, they're kind of one of the daddies of of the digital workspace. They've kind of designed, you know, from Word, from designing Word way back in the day to to now. You've created this whole, this whole like plethora of different way of of the whole the whole digital office like packages. So, how can that be utilized to help create this this like continuously sustainable? productive workplace that we've just been talking about
3: think I think it's interesting you both mentioned notepads because my experience with a notepad is slightly different so I've used a Surface Pro for a number of years and the design of the Surface Pro is a 12.3 inch screen with say a 3 by 2 aspect ratio and it's designed to feel exactly like an A4 piece of paper when you're actually taking the notes so it will fit right. there and then you can use the Surface oh, wow. pen say to actually write and that's my experience with it and that's typically what I'll do in either OneNote or in whiteboarding in Teams meetings or however I might be using kind of inking so typically I don't make that many notes on a traditional notebook oh, like i used to because i'm obviously fortunate enough to work for microsoft and have a surface device to do it on um, i do occasionally use sticky notes though. i'm a big fan of sticky notes um you can yeah. probably see my background behind me those little yellow sticky <laughs> notes um and i'm yeah. obsessed with yeah. that but i also use that side of it on windows as well i'll stick a sticky note to my desktop to actually make notes and it's there in front of me and it reminds me that i need to do something important the next day so typically my paper consumption is very low because of that
0: um, I, sp- I suppose. The- oh, so okay. I was just to say with cool. our, with our workplace, I love the virtual sticky notes. Like one of the things I've got in our our team in is like planner, using like using planner to kind of all the little projects rather than having a wall of sticky notes saying what everyone's on with having having that on planner just that kind of like this is what everyone's doing and it just, I absolutely f- love love that kind of the digital equivalent of all that but sorry carry on Craig I, I, I rudely interrupted <laughs> it's okay it's
3: just me going on a tangent about sticky notes um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, as, 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 I suppose off the off the back of um, like the big, the big daddy comment yeah you're right I think on the surface side and the way I see it is uh, we currently got 95% I think it is recyclable packaging with a pledge to go to 100% recyclable packaging By 2025, and then by 2030, the plan is to be recyclable on the um, the packaging side, but also the devices side as well. So that's one place that I've seen on the surface team, especially in the last couple of weeks.
1: Okay, so an interesting kind of follow up to that would be, um, you know, Matt, you made a really good point about the amount of paper that tends to go through creatives at one stage or another. Um, Yeah, uh, includes toilet paper. (laughs) 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 I wonder, kind of. With that and kind of wearing your, your B Corp hat as well, if that's something that with Leap that, that you know, is it, something that you're paying attention to and you kind of, do you feel like the creative process you need to be able to adapt to the way people work, whether that's digital or kind of analog and physical, or is it kind of going that way? Just, yeah. Any thoughts you have? Would be yeah. Really interesting.
2: Definitely, with regard to that question, the way it's going and how we need to work, as a creative agency, part of our role is to, to make the complex simple, which is hard to get to. Um, but ultimately, where we sit with our clients is we've got our own management tools and digital tools that we use, and especially the, you know, the Adobe suite and stuff for creating the graphics we do, well, as well as using online resources. But we find that a lot of clients will already have maybe a, a project management tool, and rather than them adapt to ours where we can, we will like work with them on their project management tool. And that's that's a wide variety. Again, the same as anything for jumping on to Teams to do to, to a conversation over Zoom to basically, you know, Asana, Trello, um, uh, Mirror, whatever. There can be so many tools that we're asked to do. It does even get to a stage where it's a bit complex for our, our team on what platform we're using now, what platform we're having to learn, because each one's got their own attributes and and use. And each client is like, oh, this is what we've used for eight years. It would be great if you could, you know, do use this with us. But we we tend to, we're very, you know, digital in that sense, especially, you know, we've got a client base all over the world, um, you know, working on t- currently, you know, uh, an organic clothing brand in Chicago, to working on an outdoor sports company in Interlaken to working with Bernardo's in the UK. And so each yeah. one of those has complex programming and actions behind it, each with a dedicated project manager and a design team that will use a platform to, one, speed up the process of communication, and even if we do use paper, um, I was funny enough, I was actually thinking of investing in something like um, Surface or that for myself and having something I can doodle on basically <laughs> as well. That's important. <laughs> but but it, it does make things a lot faster and easier. But at the same time, what we've also been finding, and so I would probably jump in ahead a little bit here. So by using these tools, especially now we're all you know in this much more remote world, so we've got central office in Truro, which is beautifully and sustainably designed, but we're not using it. Um, what we're finding now is people aren't getting adequate time to really focus on their work. They're just caught between another thing, another meeting, another ping from a platform saying there's a message waiting for you, another project management tool saying you need to do this. They're trying to create space in the day to make sure that all the work, the digital tools, Uh,
1: working to an optimum to also support each individual Mm. that's that's quite an interesting point as well because i know i think it was i think it was just the other day that google released um or made public figures on how you know you know google's got this whole cloud platform and so they have a data center obviously to to kind of manage that and and handle that Um, and they made their emissions public for the first time which then kind of brings us into the question of, you know, we if we're using digital technologies, we're using computing or processing power, a lot of that, or increasingly that's that's kind of uh, being spent across the cloud. Um, and then figures like the ones that Google have just released kind of make us aware of the the kind of the impact that that might have in terms of carbon emissions and yeah, kind of on that front. So I, I guess... What I'm kind of interested here, and Craig, it it would be interesting to hear your point of view on this as well. I know that Microsoft made a pledge to become, I think it's carbon negative by 2030. Um, So if we're we're kind of being spread across all of these digital tools, um, and we're getting pings from everything, and we're being spread a bit thinner, so we have to work for longer, so maybe we're on a computer for longer, does it then make sense to support companies that are making these pledges to become carbon negative so that if you are spending more time on the computer, if it's not just pen and paper, but you're purely digital, you're kind of choosing companies that are um, doing their best to reduce emissions or yeah, I I guess it it would just be interesting to hear what kind of conversations you've been hearing in in Microsoft on that front of sustainability and the environment. I
3: think, I think, I think it's interesting, really. I think, uh, like you rightfully say, a lot of people are moving towards the cloud, especially during the pandemic. We've seen an increase there, and then that'll take an increase in data centers as well. So you'll have more data centers. I'm no expert in this, but I believe, and I listened to a podcast on this actually a few weeks ago, that the actual thought process from Microsoft around where they actually locate the data centers is quite intensive. So they'll pick the, I think they're based on power grids. So they'll actually choose so where they can have the most efficiency based on the power grids and that sort of thing. And if we look at like the US, they'll perhaps not put a data center in a particularly hot place because then 60% of the energy bill could come from air conditioning. So actually it makes sense to not go in a particularly hot area to then pay more to then cool the, the data center and the servers because I think on average a server lasts around five years or so um, which present as the potential to add up to, uh, to a lot of waste and I think on the carbon negative side of things obviously that's a pledge to be um, removing um, from the environment what we actually emit um, and I think it was an Adela that said by 2050 uh, we committed that we'll remove uh, from the environment all the carbon uh, that is emitted directly through um, electricity um, since the company was founded back in 1975 and that's the the pledge from Microsoft going forward, if I remember that quote correctly.
2: Yeah, no. yeah, I think you were pretty spot on with that, and I think again, Google and other organisations have announced the same thing. And it's really, and from my perspective, you know, we're a very small business, you know, a grain of sand in the scheme of things. But to see this, you know, for me, it's a decade of green tech taking the opportunity to well for tech to take the opportunity of a greener route while doing the things they do and we've gradually seen um off the back of like google um green clicking green surveys of 2016 and 2017 where they used to rank all the the big tech companies in their impacts on the world kind of thing that we've seen this huge movement in what i call a rapid space of time you know only a few years to kind of completely go off grid and and self-powering and you know uh, many of the organisations that we'd we'd be discussing today are now sort of renewably powered. And going back to what you're saying about the servers as well, I think there was an interesting company, I think, a couple of years ago where their servers are in America, but in the sea, and to keep them cooled, but... They went oh, offline yeah. because of a tsunami or something like that. And then it was kind of, or something happened. Uh, it was flooding or something extra actually hit the offices. and Then it caused the backup ones to have problems as well. But it's interesting where we might choose to put things. And, you know, technology, just like we as humans have to do, is like constantly learning and evolving. Mm.
0: Excellent. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, guys, for this this absolutely fascinating chat. And, and I, know, I know our company as a whole... Is going to like continually having, continually having these these chats. So it's, I'm hoping that we can bring you guys back to kind of continue this conversation at some point soon. But if you've got any final thoughts that you'd like to add to the conversation, just let us know now. Oh.
2: I think for me it's always just the one of the easiest things to do and it sounds easy to me because again we've got a small footprint is one of the first things any organisation should be looking to do is just switch their energy source to renewable there's no reason not to unless you're caught into some form of long term contract or mm. you're a massive beast of a business that systematically that is going to cause issues but at least having a plan to work towards it for smaller mm. organisations it should just be a given these days and one of the easiest
3: ways to support a greener future Excellent um, and Greg, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think, I think it's a conversation that we've had since I joined this team, especially um, uh, sustainability. The message is so important. It's something that I speak to partners about regularly and it's something that we speak to customers about regularly and we encourage partners to do the same. So I think keep having the conversation. Like I said, Matt, it's around having a plan as well. Um, what is your sustainability plan going forward? And I, I think it's a really important message that we should sort of continue to talk about. Excellent. So thank you very much, uh, Craig and Matt. Yeah,
1: thank you both. Oh, that was fantastic.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that is all for today. And thank you so much, and for Craig and Matt, for joining us on the pod. If you want to learn more about the modern workforce, go to boxy.com slash modern work to find out more or book a consultation with one of our workforce specialists. Next time on Transformative, we're going to be asking, what is the future of the physical workspace? And with it, we're returning guests, Jamie Hinton, CEO of Razor, and Joe Horbury, Head of Design at Building Interiors Group. So I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this BoxCast. Start your digital transformation today at boxy.com. Boxy, making technology human.